and welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your host Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's ass bro. She says that Wemby put back dunk from three. Man, have you ever seen anything like that in your life? This man takes a step back three and then dunks it on a putback. Like he could be absolutely so special in the nba i'm just so nervous about that body man i'm so nervous i mean that's the thing he's special but like as we've seen with zion as we've seen with you know even like Kristaps before he figured it out like you never know in the nba but chat the the guys yeah i mean chat who hasn't even played yet but the guys the guy's gonna be great and uh you know we'll we'll see what team gets blessed with the beauty that is wembenyana right now but matt can you believe that the playoffs are just around the corner we got a couple of games left for each of these teams the play-in tournament that you know lebron james thought was so stupid just a couple of years ago is about to kick off and we're gonna save him yeah and potentially (laughs) save this man but you know hey we'll we'll talk about the lakers later because they've had a fantastic you know close to their season but man it's crazy that we're here we finally got to the end already man it's it's crazy um i'm so excited for playoff basketball like the play-in is going to be fun but i'm just excited for the series to to get aligned um you know that Golden State Phoenix series could happen in the first round, which would be wild. It looking like the Clippers might stick there, but man, let's go back to the predictions from last week. Um, you were four hundred points short, so uh, we underestimated it. That's for sure, man. So I was, I was, I woke up in the morning. I started doing the math, and I was like, okay. There's a lot of 110s, a lot of 120s. I was getting worried. 30s. I was getting yeah, I worried. Know. You know, I was doing the math up, and then. I got to the end there and I was like, okay, two, 2,977 2, points. This this NBA was this close to scoring 3,000 points in a single night. Like, yeah, we underestimated it. We forgot that we're living in an era of greatness when it comes to just true shooting in, in basketball. Yeah. So I was sad, you know, at, at the end of the day to lose this take, but I, I've learned a lesson and I'll be back in the future. That's for sure. Hey, man, you were almost within, like, what, like, 20% of your guess? So, like, that's not bad. We'll you know, take that. I'd like to get yeah. 5-10%, you know, that's my goal for next time. Well, it's, it's better than me, man, sitting at 50% out here. I mean, if Jokic, if I'd known that he was going to be sitting out yeah. that game, I would have picked the Pelicans. But, like, that, that is what the NBA is, you know, man? Like, they sit people randomly for, you know, little minor injuries, load management is what it is. But hey, man, I think uh, my predictions are going to be right on this week, so I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> We're getting to the spicy time where the predictions like really matter because it's do or die season yeah. here. And speaking of do or die, the Raptors this week didn't do, didn't die, did a classic 2-2 Raptors week. Like, ah, oh, Matt, I'm sad at the end of the day, but you know what? <sighs> we're still we're here we're not gone yet so we got that going for us dude it's just like so frustrating because we lose to Joel Embiid and then obviously like getting the two back-to-back wins against the Hornets is nice and it 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 just doesn't really mean much like except for the fact that for the first time in 118 days we were above 500 only to drop back down literally I think it was the next night against Boston like classic buddy it's just so frustrating to be a Raptors fan this year, man. Like the absolute mediocrity of this team when 
like we know there's some really good potential there. We know that they should be above the the medium teams in this league, but hey, just hasn't been their year. It seems it's a weird it's a weird week. You know, getting two 20 point blowouts against the Hornets is kind of hilarious when you think about the other side of that sandwich and losing to the 76ers and then. Like, I don't really want to talk about this Celtics game that that happened on Wednesday because they didn't have Al Horford. They didn't have Tatum. They didn't have Smart. So we should win this game. Didn't happen. We should absolutely win that game, man. It was so frustrating to watch. It just didn't look like the like their fought their shots just weren't falling and it just didn't look like they were super, super engaged. Um it just the the offense wasn't great um letting you know i boston's d offense wasn't that great either but like it was just that much better than ours which is just like you mentioned inexcusable for a team that is playing without you know three of arguably their best five players right and so how are we not getting better offense and how are we not shutting them down better it's just it is the microcosm of of our season this year, man. I am just I'm frustrated to be a Raptors fan because like you get those great games from Scotty or yeah. like you know you got the the Barton game where he finally decides to show up. But when it matters most, it just seems like yeah. our guys just don't have it, and it's it's kind of sad. Siakam played well in those games. I thought, man, I thought he played well against Boston. It was kind of OG missing the the open threes for me that was like shocking because that's what he's good at. I mean, I'm pretty sure I also saw a one from 12 from three for Fred game. So, you know, there was some fumbles left and right, but it feels like the whole team is collapsing as a whole, right? It feels like these years that we've had as a squad have built up to what was the the quick championship and then the hopeful revive and revitalize years. And now it's gotten to a point where there's something cooking behind the scenes that fans don't know about that only the front office and the players and the coaching staff know because, you know, the rumors of Nurse potentially wanting to leave and the fact that they might bring in Ime now to get the Ime thought off my chest real quickly. Like, yes, fantastic coach. I get it. But as an organization, can you do what you did to Terrence Davis a couple of years ago and then hire a coach like Ime and say, eh, you know, it's fine, you know, different situation. Like, there's some there's something going on, right? Like, the organization is not in the place that it was just a couple of years ago in terms of cohesiveness. And that that's what frustrates me mostly as a fan. Well, no, man, I, I think you've nailed that right on the top of the, the, the hammer. Um, you know, it's, we're missing that, that, you know, collectiveness, uh, Nick nurse talking about leaving. It's been a good run for 10 years. Like, what is that? What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The fact that like Jeff Downey Jr. has been a valuable p- piece of our rotation and actually earned his minutes over a guy like Malachi Flynn, over Delano Benton, and yet we're not going to convert his two-way for the playoffs or the play-in, like whatever it is. Like, why aren't we doing that? Like, and it just doesn't feel like we're all on the same page. We go in and, and spend money at the trade deadline to go get a guy like Jakob Pertle, but we can't insulate our our guard roster with jeff downton jr like where's the trade-off here and it just seems like they're making you know decisions for just the sake of making them without any kind of real overarching plan and that is definitely something that i would never have thought Masai would be like personally and i don't know if it's a disconnect of 
him because of maybe what Nurse is doing, whether it's him and Bobby aren't seeing eye to eye, which I would be surprised because the two of them have always seemed, you know, a- absolutely right. like yeah. that. And, you know, Masai seems happy. He's gotten the players that he's wanted. And so I'm not ready to say, hey, maybe Masai's thoughts aren't the right answer because, you know, tr- trust in Masai at this point. But, like, I can't see us not going to a big change up a big decision right unless this team you know goes into the play and destroys goes into the first round and somehow makes some noise makes an upset which i would be incredibly surprised like it looks like this team come the end of this summer is going to be a different story and you know i'm excited for the potential and the opportunity what that means obviously we're waiting for scotty to be that guy but you know, there's there's a lot of questions on the line for the Raptors, but I don't want to get into it yet. You know what I mean? Like we still do have two games. We still have a play oh, in to enjoy, yeah. right? Like let's let's enjoy the the ride that is the end of this season. You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. And at the end of the day, like for a team that's forty and forty and fighting to stay at five hundred, and for most of the the season was below five hundred. To have the 12th best offensive rating in the NBA and the right. 11th best defensive rating in the NBA, like it goes right to show you that like we can put it together. It just doesn't seem like we ever do. It seems like when our offense is clicking, our defense isn't. When our defense is clicking, our offense isn't. It's just that's the frustrating part. So like you, you're right. Hopefully these last two games, the play-in game against you know it's probably going to be Chicago. Yeah. Um, we're probably locked into that that nine seed at the moment. Um, I think Chicago's a great, you know, warm-up game for the playoffs. It's just that that next game, especially if we're playing against Miami, that I'm going to be he- very nervous, man. Like so, super, super nervous. Like, so before we get to the play, my my last thought is just like I remember a comment either last week or two weeks ago where you were basically saying we'll probably end up forty and forty-two. You know, we'd love to end up forty-two and forty or get that forty-one and forty-one. And I'm sitting here going. Man, Celtic and Bucks to close the season, like 40, 40 and 42, 42 is the reasonable answer here, right? So let's hope we can we can break that. But yeah, when you look at this playing tournament, right, when it comes to this Eastern side, like the Bulls are locked in. And when I think yeah. about us pretty much being there, unless, you know, Atlanta loses out and we win out, because that's the scenario at this point, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, we're going to play the Bulls and because they have the tiebreaker. Yeah, the Bulls are the ultimate like pendulum for that 9-10 game, because on the one hand, like DeMar could put up 50 against us because we're the Raptors. On the other hand, DeMar could put up 15 and shoot 40 shots because we're the Raptors and it's the play in, right? Like we don't really know what game we're going to expect, but on paper, which is something that we haven't really enjoyed utilizing the season we match up pretty good against the Bulls and it should be a nice warm-up game for us as the nine seed at home to win that game. Yeah, and to go on the road and hopefully take out an Atlanta. I know Brooklyn still has a chance to fall into the play and so they might be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami, I'm really hoping that it's either, you know, it's either Atlanta or Brooklyn yeah. because Jimmy Butler in a do or die game is just not somebody that I want to see as a Raptors fan. Um, whereas like, again, you talk about DeMar DeRozan, there's Zach Levine, uh, Nikola Vucevic. We've got the players that'll step up and, and, you know, 
beat those guys. OG, Siakam, Scotty, like easy wing defenders for for the, you know, Levine and DeRozan. And then you got Jakob Pertl for Vucevic. Now we got Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet just running around hitting threes, hopefully, and we're feeling good about ourselves, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, that's the hope. And then they they feel good. You know, the offensive rhythm is going. Every yeah. game is important. Every game is a do or die game. And I feel like that has also been something of our team this year is that we have lacked focus throughout the entirety of the season. That when we do put our minds together, like we do look like one of the best teams in the NBA. I remember at the beginning of the season, mm. you know, last five minutes of that, I think it was the first time that we played Brooklyn. And they, they've got KD, they've got Kyrie, you know, they've got Ben Simmons. And uh, we locked in in that last five minutes of the game. And we were down like 15 points and, and yeah. almost stole it from them. And that's the type of team that I want to see throughout the playoffs. And I think that if we do lock in, like, we could make some noise. And it, like, by some noise, I mean second round. Um, and like, maybe steal a couple games in the second round from a team like Cleveland. Or we'll probably have to put, play Milwaukee. And if we play Milwaukee, we'll we'll get dusted. And to be honest, like the, the first round, we'll probably have to play Milwaukee and get dusted. So it's just it's tough for the Raptors, man. We got one one series, maybe, maybe. The, the big thing, the big thing for me is, you know, that I that I pulled out of that is your idea of focus, right? Is the idea that the boys don't have focus, you know. Originally, when I saw this like Scotty fourth quarter god tier guy mode conversation starting, I was like yeah scotty you know you close out those games you put in work that's what we want to see and then i was just like yeah is he just not caring until it's the fourth quarter and this is where the the double-edged sword comes in right because on the one hand you know the playoffs come in he has to care he has to go hard it's year two of scotty right like he didn't get mm -hmm. to show what he wanted to show last year like there's the revenge potential right like that's my hope but then there's the other side of it where he's like uh, he, maybe he has a bad attitude maybe the attitudes are all over like i don't like that i have worries across the board for this team but again like you mentioned we match up good against the bulls if we play the hawks outside of trey young who's going to do trey young things i think we stand pretty good against that team and so it's going to be an interesting plan for our boys that's for sure no, absolutely. And I think that like the attitude problem that you're probably sensing from Scotty Barnes is more to do with the fact that typically when you show what he showed in his rookie season, yeah. you start to have the franchise kind of move your way. And all of the fans, all of the Toronto media, everybody talks about how Scotty is our franchise player, how he's going to be the next one to lead us to a championship. He's going to be our next Kawhi Leonard. And we still have Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. And these guys have championship experience and they are older and they're the vets. And they're, I think like we've talked about it throughout the entirety of the season. That's just been a, a constant force of butting heads. And that's yeah. why we can't get it, you know, to be a cohesive unit. And it is what it is. But at the end of the day, like, Fred has value. Siakam has value. So if we want to go and and turn our franchise over to to Scotty, who is really good friends with OG, it seems like. So yeah. that's a great pairing there in terms of wings. And then we got Gary Trent Jr. and maybe some you know younger guards start to to, to populate in there with the 
the assets that we get back from Siakam and Freddie. And I think Jakob's a great veteran center for the group and Coloco can come up. And I think that's how we have to build our roster this off season. But yeah. I mean, I'm getting way too far ahead of myself talking about the summer, man. <laughs> okay. So uh, when it talks about the Eastern play in here, right? Like these teams, like we talk about, obviously what can happen with chicago atlanta i don't think there's much of a conversation there like they could they could make noise trey can do what trey does they could make their way in i think the more interesting part of the plan the last part to talk about is that whole brooklyn miami situation right the fact that they are only separated by one game technically and so anything can happen but brooklyn like i feel like this was what a month ago a month and a half ago where matt was like you know, Brooklyn has maybe done enough, but at the same time, like, they're not going to be expected to stay up there. So seeing them be this close, like, it wouldn't shock me to see Jimmy put the put the, the guns on a little bit early, right? Yeah, maybe, man. But, like, Mikhail Bridges has been a revelation for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if you were to tell me at the trade deadline that Mikhail Bridges would end up with more 40-point games than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in a Brooklyn Nets uniform this year, like, that's pretty wild to me, right? Yeah. Uh, this man has been on fire keeping this team afloat. Um, I also think it's really funny that Miami's division winner and they're in the play-in, like, and we're the last team in our division in the play <laughs> it's just a wild wild nba man um man i just i hope brooklyn kind of falls into the plan because i'd rather you know avoid jimmy butler at all costs but i feel like jimmy butler is gonna win that seven eight game he's gonna lock himself into the seven seed and if i'm boston like i'm not happy about that one at all it's not it's not what you want to see, right? Like so there's gonna be some really interesting matchups when when we figure out who's gonna come through this and when when we get back together next week, most likely the first of these games will have been played. So yeah. who knows what the conversation of the East will be, but I, I'm ready to talk about the West play in now, the the spicier play in where it's like set, but is it really set at this point? Because once again, it's still coming down to the wire in the West. Well, yeah, I mean like Dallas one has a chance to knock out OKC. I don't, I would love to say that I believe that they could do it. I just, I, I don't feel it, especially with them sitting. I'm pretty sure they're sitting like Kyrie, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like it's a lot of key cogs in that rotation. Yeah. And so like, and I can see OKC winning against, I think they have to play Memphis last. So they just need that one win. And, you know dallas could lose tonight and it's all over for them um but it's really interesting at the top man like you think the lakers are going to be able to jump golden state or i mean i i don't really know what's going to happen like the lakers really rolled the dice on their season when it comes to the first 40 games of it you know at at the end of the day so yeah quickly obviously lebron making the comments about you know the the schedule the schedule problem i don't know i don't know if you saw that like yeah, I get where he's coming from. It's frustration, but you know, everyone's got scheduling problems. So, so that out of the way, unless you want to say something about it. Well, I would just say that like they didn't get to take advantage of their scheduling, like scheduled wins, theoretically, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up being losses because they didn't properly construct their team at the beginning of the year. Their their time to shine was at the beginning of the year, and they didn't take advantage, like you said, the forty games and. 
now i mean you got to take take your medicine right like it <laughs> happens it's it, absolutely right and i think that they're kind of stuck in the seventh seed like if they if they get their oh, wins cool. i feel like that's kind of where i see them sitting and you know lebron doing what lebron does he should get that w but a memphis you know lakers first round series would be pretty awesome you know seeing jaw face lebron would be a pretty exciting situation and it would also be interesting to see what memphis could do at the end of the day against that team right are they actually this rising team who can shut down any opponent or is this another story of LeBron showing that he is aging greatness? Like uh, that, I, I just I feel the Lakers are locked into the seven, and that that's kind of where I believe they are at. But like, wouldn't that like Golden State seven versus Memphis two? Memphis beats them, and like you know they oh, said yeah. that we're not their rivals. We got them. Like that's such a fun storyline too. Like, and at the end of the day. The thing that Golden State has to overcome is they are one of the worst road teams in the NBA. Their final yeah. two games are on the road. Yes, one of them is against Portland, who has shut down Damian Lillard and, and Jeremy Grant. Um, but the other one is against Sacramento. And yes, Sacramento's locked into that three seed, but I'm sure that they want to, you know, make a statement to the league that they're ready to compete and they're ready to beat a team like Golden State. Yo. So <laughs> if Golden State loses, I'm pretty sure it's tonight. Yeah, it is tonight and the Lakers win out, the Lakers get that six seed, right? Like, because they've got the tiebreaker. Um, and that's the interesting thing for me. I feel like if I'm Golden State too, I'd rather not try to win out because you could end up playing the Phoenix Suns in the first round, like we mentioned earlier. And Kevin Durant, he's going to come in there and he's going to end them. I, I just there's, have a feeling about it, man. There's it's no, for his legacy, right? Yeah, yeah, there's no good answer for Golden State, right? Like... I, I look at them and I see them winning. I do actually see them winning out and maybe potentially okay. taking it all the way to the five seed because one, I think that the worst case scenario, I think that playing Phoenix is actually better than for them to play Sacramento. I don't think Golden State wants to go into that crowd in Sacramento because I don't think they win a single game. They're the worst road team in the entire things we've ever seen and that arena you if you go down 10 you're down 15 i don't care if it's steph curry and them like i would be terrified to play in sacramento but like the thing is is sacramento is such a, a like a, a finesse team like them that there wouldn't be like this major battle whereas you know with phoenix and deandre ayton and with kevin durant and devin booker and cp3 it could get a little bit more of a battle and like uh, with Sacramento, you're so close that the Bay Area fans are going to populate that arena. You know they're getting tickets. You know they're going to be at that 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 stadium. So especially like, you know, Golden State Warriors fans in the playoffs, they're going to travel. And so is it going to be that big of a home court advantage for Sacramento if they play Golden State? I think if Golden State were to pick one team, and I think Draymond talked about it, I think they want Sacramento because they know – Kevin Durant's coming in here to end our season and to show everyone that, like, no, he was the best player on those teams and that he did deserve those championships and finals MVPs. 
Like, I would not want to play that, man. I know what you mean, right? This is the beauty of the West. I can confirm that uh, the Kings have already started selling tickets for their first two home games. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Golden State fans are ready to start buying tickets in the in the Sacramento arena, if, you know, because this is the story, right? Like, if they lose out, they could fall into the play-in, and then you're playing Memphis. You're potentially playing Denver, right? Like, there's so much volatility to the West right now that anything can happen. But I, I don't know, man. I'm still a believer of winning your games to keep that momentum going. And if you're the defending champs, you know, the higher seed gets you the higher potential. To fr- I, I don't know. It's going to be crazy in the West. That's the beauty of it. Well, yeah, because I, I feel like most people have Golden State, Phoenix, and LA as the top teams coming out of the Western Conference. And mm-hmm. you could say both LA teams, um, a little less so with the Clippers now with the Paul George injury. But like I just I don't know, there's something about me that feels like it's gonna be a Denver type of season. Um I just there's something that's like we're all focusing so far down the table on these yeah. teams that have had such poor seasons, but have been able to somehow, you know, cobble it together to get here. And we're missing, you know, the the elephant in the room. Like the best team who from start to finish in the Western Conference has, you know, I know the Utah Jazz were up there for a little bit, but it's been mostly the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. From start to finish, they've been at the top of the conference. And so I just don't see, especially with that win the other night without Jokic, how Jamal Murray played well, how MPJ played well. Like, you know, that's some confidence and maybe they can win those minutes without Jokic and that would be huge for them. And and they might end up going all the way. Like that's, I, that's the, the thing, but they, like you said, they could get knocked out in round one because they have to play LeBron James and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are just too much. Um, I, I don't, I'm not ready to believe in the Nuggets only because I'm not ready to be hurt again. Matt knows that I'm a Nuggets fan and that like the yeah. the, the few years after the bubble have hurt me because I was like, they're going to do it. I believe in this team. And then, you know, uh, an injury here, an injury there. And so I, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from the Nuggets for a little bit. Let them get through the first round, figure out their business and go from there. But, you know, and when it comes to this West playing, right? Like, is there anything else that, that touches your mind when it comes to these bottom bottom few teams here? Like, do you want to talk about how the Pelicans could potentially make it through? You know, if they if they win their games and can somehow win the play in without Zion and then get into the playoffs, like they're a good team. They are. That's the West. Man, don't don't let me talk about the Pelicans, <laughs> <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> Like, you know I want to talk about how good they are. Because I think that, like, Brandon Ingram's been one of the best players in the Western Conference all, like, all month. And he's been phenomenal. And CJ McCollum is good. And Jonas Valanciunas is good. And they've got depth. And they've got, you know, a potential superstar just stashed away in Zion Williamson. Like, it is crazy to me that they're in the situation, especially after being, you know, a top three seed for most of the season with Zion. And now he could come back for the playoffs. That could be very scary if I'm, you know, Denver, if I am Memphis. Like, I do not want to see Zion Williamson. But a Zion Williamson John Morant series would be, like, Dude. it would be perfect, man. Oh. It would just be a bunch of high-flying dunks. Like, it would be athleticism at its best. Like, that would be awesome. That would be the dream. You know, do you want you- it? That'd be the dream you and me draft scenario, you know, for our boys going against each other type of situation. Yeah. It would be really fun, but we'll see, man. Like, I, I believe in the Pels and their ability to win games, obviously, right? Like, they've been here before, and so I think Brandon Ingram wants more playoff basketball, and 
if they can do it, and if Zion can get healthy, like I'm not gonna say they can win. A, they can win a series in the first round, but like this team will win a game. They they will win a game oh, for sure. Regardless, of like, when you think when you think about the teams at the West, like when I look at Denver and Memphis, like I look at them as teams that can pretty much go through against most of the teams they're gonna face. But I'm not expecting a sweep against any team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that that's kind of what's going on in the Western Conference this year. There's no team that feels like it's gonna sweep another team. Um, but do you think like Minnesota or OKC could have a chance at getting in oh, here? Man. Like the, the Shea Gilgis Alexander <laughs> has been a monster all season. Shea deserves Shea deserves playoff basketball first and foremost. Like, but like I, I kind of hope that they just do it. I hope that Shea is like, boys, boys, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go win a play-in game. Let's go have let's go have a playoff series. Let's go do it for fun because you know what they have they have all the draft picks chet hasn't played if they get a little bit of playoff confidence in them while chet's sitting at home going i want to be a part of this like and then they get a little bit of lottery luck like this is the scariest team that could potentially exist in the league so like i want them to win i just i want it to happen but i don't know and for minnesota man like they need it for the draft picks that they gave away that's all i'm gonna say they absolutely need it, man. That would be it would be embarrassing for them to completely miss the playoffs after getting Rudy Gobert and having Walker Kessler be as good defensively as as Rudy Gobert ever was. And so it's just it's kind of nuts um, for them. I I'm not thinking Minnesota can do it. I'm really thinking that it's it's between OKC and New Orleans for that last playoff spot. I really think that Golden State's fallen into that play in though and and Lakers are jumping them in. I've already predicted it. I've already predicted it. Um and it's just how I feel. I I think that Golden Golden State's going to lose tonight against Sacramento and LA's going to win out. Um I didn't like that they played LeBron and Anthony Davis in the back to back, especially because they had such a poor start to the game. It's like, what's the point of having them out there if, if LeBron's going to put up three points? And <laughs> it's probably the worst half of his career potentially. But and he puts up man. what thirty in the next half, like LeBron. Like you know, he came into this game being like, "Hey right, boys, come on, He's sick, bro. Let me let me relax for a little bit. Please do something, and then I'll take the second half." And then he went to the locker room and he was like, "Guys, really? I said I had the second half. I didn't say we. Need, I needed to do this much in the second half, like." Man, like uh, the end of LeBron's career is such a great roller coaster ride. It's it's like a bad TV drama that you have to keep watching because like you know that there's potential for greatness, but there's there's so much junk happening at the same time that you just you just have to live in it, you know? Okay, if if this man makes the the playoffs and goes on like a deep run and in, into the playoffs, and I'm just saying, like, even if they get to like the conference finals here, dude um his goat argument is so much more augmented because like Michael Jordan on the wizards was below 500. Didn't make the playoffs. Like it, there's just so many levels in terms of longevity of greatness. And if you argue peak then you got to go with Shaq, sorry, Shaq, baby. I'm saying it now. <laughs> Shaq and Shaq at peak LeBron greatness. I mean, I can't longevity. We'll, we'll get to greatness in the summer. Like we absolutely always do, but the West, man, I still can't believe that it's going to come down to these last few games. Like, there's going to be there's going to be people waiting for for the final games to take place. But uh, I'm I worry for the Clippers a little bit, obviously with the Paul George injury. You know, like I, I see them losing games, which worries me. And then if they do fall into the play-in, can they get out of it? Like, they really need to to lock it up for them and. 
that also like let's this is this is obviously assuming the Lakers win out and then the Clippers lose out and like, Golden's and Golden State wins too. Right? Like this is the this is the beauty of where it comes down to. So there's still a lot of potential that could happen, but I don't want to say it's set, but I feel like it's pretty much set. Yeah, man. And if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm not enjoying the idea of going up against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker without Paul George. Like, so that's just a frustrating one. Norm Powell looked great the other night, but yes, he did. As my, we love Norm Powell. We're Raptors guys. He's a Raptor. Um, we know what his ceiling is, and it's not, uh, you know, playoff changer, series changer. It just, it just isn't, unfortunately. Or else we would have kept. <laughs> oh, if only. Okay, so let's talk about the top of the West now, and then we'll flip back to the top of the East because we haven't talked about them now. So can I talk about Sacramento really quickly? Yeah, go for the it. The beauty yeah, of Sacramento, the Pacific Division champions, the first time since 2002, 2003. Matt? Chris Webber, baby. What were you doing in 2002, 2003? Do you know? I was seven. Exactly. So in that, the second grade? <laughs> this is what I was like, I would have been nine. So if I was lucky, I was not doing math homework at, at that point in time. So th- this is this is the ridiculousness of what, what it means for the Sacramento Kings to not only be in the playoffs, but to also to be the champions of their division. And this is why it hurts me, Matt, that the conversation is everybody wants the Kings. Everybody wants to play the Kings. So, like, okay, Matt. Of the teams that potentially might face the Kings, who do you think the actual Kings would want to play? If I'm the Kings, I want to play Golden State. Um, Because personally, I think that we have a similar style of play. I think that my big man in DeMontis Sabonis is better than their big man in Kevin Looney. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have the shooting around it to beat them. And I think... Um, De'Aaron Fox beating Steph Curry would give him such yeah. tremendous confidence going forward in his career that it could be it could be a, a huge step for him because, like you said, he's been one of the most clutch players all year. And if he could out clutch Steph Curry in a playoff series, like that's who I want to play. I wouldn't. I might want to play. The Clippers over – Lakers are the last team I want to play. But with the Clippers, like, Kawhi could wreck our game. Like, he could just wreck it. So, for me, it's, I would go for an offensive series against Golden State and just try to, you know, out-firepower them because you're not winning it on defense. That's just not how your team is built. Who would you want? Well, this is this is the crazy scenario because, like, I, I came in here thinking, yeah, I want Golden State. I want the defending champions who champions. <laughs> may or may not have an Andrew Wiggins playing where he is at his best level because of what I mentioned earlier on this pod, which is the idea of, you know, looking at that Golden State record and thinking, man, they can't come in here because, man, the Sacramento Arena, I don't care. There will be at least three games played in Sacramento in these playoffs no matter who they play against because I do not see a team coming into those first two games against Sacramento and winning both just based on that energy alive just based on what that fan base will do for those players and what it will mean and also because DeMontis Sabonis is unreal and like actually sick next to De'Aaron Fox and I think the two of them are going to run rampant in the playoffs and if they can hold Pat if they can just if they can just stand and play a little bit of defense here and there I have so much hope and faith for this Sacramento team dude but again every single opponent is gonna hurt because there is somebody on those teams who will be the best player on the court no matter what yeah I just I I feel like unfortunately for Sac they 
they don't have the best player in any of the series that they're going to play, right? Like they never will. Clippers, uh, Golden State, LA. It may be if they got New Orleans, if New Orleans somehow found their way there, <laughs> not that they can. Um, but yeah, man, like, and they've just got to hope that they've got two, three, four, and five. And I don't see it with the the Lakers. Again, Golden State, maybe, but I would still take Golden State over Sacramento, man. I'm so sorry for you and your little prediction because they're not winning. They're, they might even get swept. Uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think. Okay, so so let's talk about Memphis. Let's talk about Denver. Obviously, we we talk about Denver a little bit. You know, you got your your thoughts out of the way. So this Memphis squad, like, can they do it, Matt? Can they get to a conference final? Like, do you believe that they have enough, regardless of who they'll be facing? There it is. I can't answer that question, man. Right? Without like without talking about who they're gonna play, because do I pick them over LA? Uh, the Lakers healthy, might have their number. Healthy Lakers, and, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a great series. I think that uh, Memphis has the team to compete with anybody, and Memphis could, you know, like you said, maybe be, regardless of who they play, a, a Western Conference finalist. I just think that um, there was a lot of turmoil this year. They, you know, the John Morant stuff, the the team. The team is great, though, so oh, it's a tough one, man. I'm not this prepared is, to answer that. I think, is, I think yes. I think yes. This is the beauty of it, right? The um, fact that you started with a pause made me be like, this, this is the perfect response because this is how the Grizzlies, I think, feel. This is how I think the fan base of Memphis feels because you're sitting there going, we had this momentum, we built it up, it, it kind of just, eh, everything just kind of stopped for a little bit, and now you're like, can they pull it together? Can they can they get that car yeah. keep going? And in a in a volatile West like this, yes, you believe and I believe and anyone can believe that a team like this has the right tools. And if they can get that motor going, they can obviously do it. But again, eh, you don't you just don't know, man. You just don't know. Man, the Western Conference is way, way more open than the Eastern Conference. And but the thing about the Eastern Conference for me, if I we're just gonna skip over because you know, I think we we've nailed that Memphis has the chance. Yeah. I think that like Boston is the the scariest team because they match up so well against Milwaukee. I mean, two 40 point wins this season. Um, the only thing that Milwaukee really has is that they have Giannis, right? And like it's just scary. I think that it's going to come down to a Boston Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals, which is like something that I think we'd all be like loving to watch. I just don't know if uh, you know, Cleveland or Philadelphia can spoil the party. I just I can't see it for either of those teams. Cleveland's a little too young and 76ers have James Harden. He so, melts down. So so I'll start with Cleveland because they're really quick and easy to get out of the way. I, I agree with you. I think they're too young. I think they haven't had enough time to mesh together, but the spark of Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs is something special. And let's not forget that they have a young player by the name of Evan Mobley, who is probably third in defensive player of the year voting or should be right now, who is going to be seen on the international stage once again in a playoff series. Like, I don't expect the Cavs to make it out of the East, but I would love to see them have a dominant opening first round and then, you know, take one of these philadelphia take take i don't know who they would be matching up with so if they're the if they're the four in, seed right in milwaukee, okay, so, milwaukee so then there you go then, let's say more... all four top come through yeah so like right? they're gonna like it's gonna be hard for them 
And, so they do have the players to stop Giannis. That, that's it, right? If they could show up and take them to six games, you know, even get them to that seventh game, it would be awesome for the careers of those players, and it would be a great Huge. successful season, but we don't see them coming out. It really is the, can Philadelphia spoil one of Boston, or can they get through them and then beat Milwaukee, right? Like, it's really going to be interesting at the top of this table. Yeah, and I think also that's something that that Milwaukee has going for it is that their second round matchup, whether it be Cleveland or you know a lower seed, is going to be slightly easier than if Boston has to play Philadelphia. Yeah, like that is going to be a slugfest, and then it's going to go into another slugfest if Milwaukee and Boston or Milwaukee and Philadelphia find each other. So, I think that that all important first seed was important to them, um, and it's just it's. It's interesting, man, because I think that they're going to get to 60, 60 wins. If you want to go into predictions here, I think that Milwaukee gets to 60 wins. Unfortunately, they they beat us um, and they win tonight. And um, it's just it just is the way that it is. Unfortunately, it's the expectation. It's how paper expects it. But yeah, man, like when it comes to 76ers, I just I. I know that they'll have a lot and they're going to they're going to have an exciting second round series. Like unless they get upset and then that's just the hilarity of the 76ers and I don't want to get into that because we we might we might end up playing them at some point if we get really really lucky but the yeah, you're really lucky. We're, we're not we're not going to get into that. The, the fact of the matter is Boston and, and the Bucks have stepped themselves up and proved that they are the cream of the crop when it comes to the Eastern Division and you're right. The Bucks are very happy that they have that top seed because not only does it give them more room, but also it gives Chris Middleton more time to figure out his game, right? Like he's still coming back off of injury and as we've talked about in the past, like Giannis is Giannis, but without Chris Middleton, they don't get to win. And we've seen it in the past. So I'm excited to see this East. I'm excited to see what will happen when it comes down to it. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. I'm all talked out. We can we can move into prediction time if you're in the mood. All right, man. Well, I already gave that 60 win for Milwaukee, but I'll double down with another one. Um, I'm going against your Sacramento team, man. I think the Lakers make that six seed, and I think that they take them out, unfortunately for you. But I think you're coming at me with something. It's okay. You just gave me a couple more logs. Let me toss them over there for the fire that we're, we're building later in Sacramento. So, so I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, this Paul George injury I think is a big deal. I'm looking at the Clippers being like, yeah, we could, we could fall to the sixth seed. We could play Sacramento. Kawhi can take care of Sacramento. So I'm actually seeing Golden State winning their games and bumping up to the five seed because I don't think they want to play Sacramento. And I'm sorry, if you have the opportunity to get out of the plan, you do it. Even if it means having to play Phoenix and Kevin Durant, I think that the storyline is there. And as the defending champions, you have to face anybody, right? You have, to, you have to beat every yeah. team to get through. So you know what? Let's beat Phoenix in the first round, get them out of the way, and we can deal with the easier teams after that when they're healthy and going. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. I don't know, man. I would take Phoenix. But hey, man, I've been wrong, and I'll be wrong again. So uh, anyways, you're good to wrap us up, I think. Yeah, we, we'll get into our predictions <laughs> next week in the finals. We'll see if uh, Mac can step up when it comes to fantasy. But yes. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. Getting smoked in fantasy and you giving me jobs like that? Hey, yo. Next time. <laughs>